Welcome to the Association Tech Insider Podcast, presented by the ASAE Technology Professionals Advisory Council, where you get to hear unfiltered conversations about associations and their technology for membership associations by association members. Hello, everyone. Justin Berniski here, the Tech Council Vice Chair. For this week's episode, we thought we would try something a little different and use the second half of our council meeting to discuss how different council members are using or thinking about AI, artificial intelligence, and then turn that into a podcast. It's an interesting conversation with a bunch of perspectives and a lot of fun ideas. It's just the recording from a Zoom meeting, so the audio isn't studio quality, but we think you'll still enjoy the conversation. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so wanted to have a conversation today looking at what tools are you using, what AI tools are you using in your work, what AI tools are you interested in trying but you haven't had a chance to try, and then are you areas you're interested? I think we were talking previously about the idea of having a problem and then picking a, and then leveraging AI to solve that problem. So I'm curious to also hear from folks if there are specific problems that they are thinking about that they're hoping that maybe there'll be an AI solution for down the road. And maybe that's a little too hypothetical, but let's start with that first one. And Stephen, I think I uh, had sort of uh, planted you and asked if you could maybe start there. What are, what are some AI tools that you're using in your work right now that are that you're finding effective or not effective for that matter? So we're, I mean, we're just using kind of the most, I guess I would say the most basic, the most well-known AI tool. We're using ChatGPT and it's mostly being used in our marketing communications department to just help build copy for emails, for fundraising emails, for newsletters, for our, our CEO's newsletter update to the board. Like we're using it to help just build out and have a starting point because a lot of times it's easier to edit something than it is to start from scratch. So they're using it a lot to just kind of start with something and then they'll edit it down from there. And I think my marketing director said that it's increasing, you know, one of her associates output by like 30 or 40%. Like she's just able to do a lot more. And that's, I feel like what a lot of these tools are helping with. It's, it's not going to take over your job. It's going to help you do more with the amount of time, with the time that you have. The other thing that we're actually looking into kind of into your second point was what tools are we looking at to solve a problem? Like we have a problem with content. We have a whole lot of content or we have an archive of like 10, 20,000 documents and it's, it's legal information. And it's, it's things that like, it's hard to get into. You'd have to read a whole lot of information to get to the one piece that you're looking for. So what we're looking to do is leverage an AI tool to feed it this information for people to be able to interact with it, to easily pull that information out. And because it's legal information, everything needs to be cited. So the tool is specifically designed to say exactly where it came from. And we're starting to test it now to see, you know, how does this work? It's got to, you know, there are certain rules and things that we're putting into it to say, like, it's got to leverage new information first. You know, like there's different tiers of good information in the last year or two and then a bucket and then another bucket. Like we're working and we're, you know, playing with it. But it's the idea is you have a lot of assets that you're not leveraging. You're not getting your value out of that are just sitting there and AI can help you get some value out of it. And that's, you know, that's one of the things we're looking at. But from a basic standpoint, we're we're really just using chat GPT right now. And I'd like to look further into being able to use AI tools internally. So being able to build like an internal help desk, all of our policy documents, all of the information of like processes, 
being able to put that into a tool for people to be able to interact with rather than trying to find it on our wiki or like going to five different people to figure it out. Like the, the AI, you know, an AI internal policies bot that like has everything that you need. So like, these are other things where, you know, I'm looking at the issues that we're having of people being able to find information, being able to get information out to people, to our users, and just like what little tools we can use to, to help with that. We're seeing a similar thing, Stephen, where we're working on a project where people are submitting their curriculum from international education and trying to match it to a US standard. And somebody right now has to check every single course and determine if it matches a US standard to sit for a US exam. And so similar to your need to look at 20 or 30,000 documents and reference and cite them, they're trying to use AI to say, look at the curriculum, match it to the standard, and then just kick out the ones that a person needs to determine the the second one is matching uh, buyers and suppliers more effectively. You know, right now it's very, you have, there's a lot of work and people have to make decisions about who should be matched with somebody else. And they're building a tool to try to automate that based on your activity, not just two or three data points. Yeah, I was going to say kudos to you, Stephen. I, I was facilitating the think tank for the Florida Society and I asked this question thinking that I would get some answers back. And my, my simple question was, what percentage of your organization's resources are readily available to your members? And we got into this long conversation about what does readily available mean? <laughs> but, you know, even if I ask our own organization, um, I would posit that no more than 25% of our stuff is readily available to people. And that's kind of what got me started on this path I'm on is trying to eliminate the Google effect. You know, you put in some search terms and you get 15,000 documents you got to look through. You know, I went to our own website and I typed in marketing plan and it came back and said we had 1,400 some odd documents that contained a marketing plan. Well, if you have to write a marketing freaking plan, what you want is what are the things I need to include in my marketing plan, right? And so I went to this model that we built and asked it that question and it gave me here are the top 10 things you should include in your marketing. And some of the things I said, one of them was doing a, a some kind of analysis. And I said, well, what is this type of analysis? And it gave me the answer. So that's how I'm posing it to our staff. How do we get to the point where we provide people with answers as opposed to choices for answers when technology can help us give them the answer? And so kudos to you for walking, walking down that path. I think it did, it's, there's a lot of rethinking of stuff we got to do. Reggie, there was a nuanced question there. Readily available for the public or readily available to staff? Wait, my you said websites are public, right? Either way, right? Either way. I went back and, and looked through all the chats that we had gotten and I chat about over the last six months and asked our team, how long did it take you to get this answer? How long did it take you to get this answer? And you know, how do we reduce the time from days to seconds or days to minutes when you have all the answers? They're just not in a way that's readily available for people. Actually, we were testing out in my organization. I'm new to the role and I'm changing some positions. So I actually use ChatGPT for my job descriptions and it saved a significant amount of time. 
you know, I put in some key functions that I wanted in those roles and it kind of helped me morph it into a more cohesive job description. And then for goals, my team was struggling putting their goals into SMART goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, encouraging them. So we actually played around and used chat GPT for that. They, they dropped their goals in there and it puts it in the smart format because they were stressing over the format piece and it saved a significant amount of time for my team. So those are two ways we've leveraged it. Another way that I know my marketing director is going to start looking into using some AI tools was in Adobe, they spend a huge amount of time resizing images. So they might have to make like 20 different sizes for images and they spend hours doing this. So being able to feed it an image and say resize to these different sizes and having it do it for them and then maybe making a few corrections here and there will save them a ton of time. I actually love the idea of the smart goals. I have team members who really struggle with that concept and it never occurred to me to throw it into ChatGPT. So I'm absolutely going to take that back. We're always looking for efficiencies in doing our coding and development. And there are some really great Figma AI tools that are plugins on the Figma design software that will spit out code from your designs, really saving the developers time on a lot of the basics so they can just start you know, taking that basic code and enhancing it. So we're looking at that and we're looking at AI around automated testing, again, to like leverage that efficiency and lower lower costs and, and serve people, serve our clients a little bit more efficiently. So I think those are some of the exciting things that my teams are, team, team and company is working on. Uh, I wanted to jump in and, and go on the um, Adobe piece that Stephen was talking about. Our designers actually used it and saved tons of time from our association because we wanted to have staff profile pictures that all looked alike with the same background, but we had people that are living all across the United States. And so they were able to use the AI tools in the backgrounds to basically turn a picture that would usually take them multiple hours or minutes to Photoshop. And they had a new one done in like three minutes and they showed it how to do that. And we also use similar technology because our board meets and they do kind of a group picture while well, this year somebody wasn't there. And so they were able to use the, UI, the AI tools so it didn't look like somebody Photoshopped that person in. Julie, I want that. Do you want me to Photoshop you in, Reggie? And what picture? Our board? We can just add you. No, I, I, I want the thing that you use to produce the standard background stuff. We just spent a whole bunch of time taking staff photos, and some people couldn't be there, and we had to reschedule another time and all of that. I want that, Julie. You got to call me and talk to me about that. I, it's very super simple. You take a flat background of whatever you want, and then the um, graphic designers can start using AI with Adobe Cloud and just start putting those on. I'm doing it. David, what, what, are, you, what are you doing over there with AI? Yeah, I just going to share that I recently was lucky enough that was able to took a seven week course in MIT management on AI and the effect on business strategy, which was fascinating. And I didn't realize I hated writing papers every week. But what was fascinating was it was sort of, I think you said earlier, Stephen, it was I sort of caught up with like, how, how do I use the AI I know that exists as opposed to stepping back going, what are the problems we're trying to solve and understanding like it really opened my eyes to it's like we're international. We have a really bad problem with localization communicating with our members, 
and not just translation, but you know, how you use slang, emojis, like all this stuff. And you start digging in and you realize how much AI out there is in that space and how much it can help you with localization. So it was sort of like realizing that the potential is there and it's moving fast and then sort of building that business plan on how do you get to that and how do you find the tools as opposed to like we were sort of going down this road of we know we need translation. So we found a product called SmartCat. Okay, well, let's figure out how will that work for us as opposed to stepping back and saying, what else is out there? Like how can like what else can we address using AI and some of it's somewhat mind blowing as far as how quickly it's advancing. So that was what I sort of learned as opposed to like, it's just, oh, there's a tool, there's ChatGPT and everyone's trying to figure out how to use ChatGPT and step, step back and say, what am I like, what am I really trying to solve um, with the business? And they made us put together like literally a roadmap at the end and write a paper on like, what's that roadmap look like and how would we address those problems? So it was fascinating. Manu, it sounds like you're using AI a little bit with events. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, more than using, we're trying to improve our product a little bit more. The one biggest, greatest secret we have is all the data that we're collecting on the event side, not only from your typical registration and whether they're a member or not and demographics, but actual behavior. And so what we're looking at is we've got the the traditional, when you think of AI, you think of content generation, all of that's built into the software. And we've partnered with some great platforms that also do generative content. But what we're focusing more on is kind of how do we take the data, combine it with the behavior, and then be able to get predictive AI behind it saying, okay, based on your data from the last three years, your registration rates should be this. This is when you should do early bird. This is the content that people are wanting or, you know, what they're gravitating to. So looking at it from a very different lens, because I feel like the conversations we have around AI has been mostly around looking at just generation of content and, you know, which is great and needed, but I think there's a whole nother category that we're all, that we sometimes don't think about, but really do need. I know with the podcast, we recently, we ran that through an AI to just remove the ums and the uhs, and I'll probably do that for this one as well. And what I realized though, coming out of it is I couldn't just drop it in and then pull it out and, and post it. We needed to then go back through and do a little, like it ends up when it took out those ums and uhs, it left spaces. And sometimes those filler words actually make sense in the content of the conversation. And without them, it sort of things start to fall apart a little bit. So you've got to, you can't always just run it through. I'm curious if anyone else has had that experience where they started to try something and maybe it didn't work as you expected, but you're still leveraging it or Maybe you've decided, okay, maybe this is something we're going to wait on. Maybe the technology, you know, because AI is just constantly growing. So I'm curious if anyone has tried something and has either shelved it for later or is maybe not using it the way they anticipated. I I certainly have, Justin, mostly with content being generated. But I think the the, the point and the lesson here is that you still do need human interaction for most things that, that we're doing, with, especially with generative AI, but with all types of AI. One other thing we did, I was, we're getting ready to get a contract management system. I know squiddly about contract management systems and what kind of data should be in it. So I went to Copilot and said, I'm, I need a contract management system. And it went through its iterations. I did a little bit more explaining than that, obviously, but it built a database. 
and it put some sample data in there. And I was able to look at that and be a lot smarter in terms of when I saw demos of contract management systems. So, you know, there's different kind of use cases, I think, you know, Carlos and, and Justin, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if, if, the, if the council did some kind of a big matrix that says, well, these kinds of issues, these kinds of AIs work best, or these kind of tools work best. I don't know if we can do that or not because all the tools think they can solve all the problems, but maybe we can get to some point of, of making a matrix. The only thing I would say about that, Reggie, is the pace at which the technology is evolving, it's doubling in capacity over six I hear you. months. I hear so you. what's going to be, a, what can, what it can do now is going to pale in comparison to what it could do a year from now. So those tools are going to like, that matrix is going to get outdated real quick. So that would be the only thing that I would say about trying to create something like that. That's actually one of the other things that I've heard a lot in the AI space is how quickly it's evolving Yeah, way faster than like the microchip industry evolved over time. Like it is twice as fast as that, yeah. <laughs> which is exciting, but also a little scary. Like what is it going to be able to do in a year? And the, the other thing that I find interesting is the use of multiple agent AI tools. So you have one tool that does something really well with writing and you have another tool that does something really well with numbers and you use them together yeah, you or imagine. you have multi-agents talking to each other. Yeah. So you ask a question of two AI tools and they actually work on the, work on it together. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about using it for and working with like on my program team is we have a lot of abstracts. But like having a single thing look at an abstract may not be the best to do it. It might be that you actually have to have a multi-agent to look at the abstract to say, okay, well, I need you to look at it for this, you know, to see if the person that is submitting it has all the right credentials or whatever it is. And then I need you to look at it to see if the information makes sense. And then I need this third one to look at what the two of you are doing and make sure you're not going crazy. And that I feel like is going to become more and more prevalent where you see multi-agent AI tools where they're they're leveraging different AIs for different things to come to a single end goal. One thing I if I can share, Reggie, you and I have talked about this, and I also heard at the Digital Now conference. You know, we all go to conferences, right? And wouldn't it be cool to look at a conference schedule, to look at my current role, to look at my interests, and then say, here's a schedule of sessions that you should be attending, and mm -hmm. maybe on a professional development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to be a CIO next. And so here's the tracks that you should be looking at. By the way, I know you like basketball or baseball and there's a game, in, um, you know, on this particular day. Yeah. So people are thinking about it. If we want to get together and, and brainstorm, I think that should be somebody is going to do it, right? Why not us? Yeah. It would be great and save a lot of people a lot of time and anxiety. Absolutely. I haven't been this excited about technology in like 20 years. I really haven't been. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you all for you know taking all the time today to share. I think what I definitely heard were a lot of people trying things out and have to remember sometimes that the tool is there. It's part of our tool belt, like with the smart goals, uh, that it's something you can help you kind of get through things. It's also hearing that we need to be ready for what's coming next because it's obviously what's here now is not going to be quite what we're getting to, uh, what it's going to be in six months or in a year. Uh, and then I, I think as a council, something for us all to kind of take away and think about is like, how can we take initiative and lead and help people start to think uh, about how to leverage AI? Um, and then finally, make sure that we're focused on 
we're focused on the problem and using AI as a tool and not focused on AI as the thing that we're delivering. So thank you all for uh, participating today. Thanks again for listening to the Association Tech Insider Podcast, presented by the ASAE Technology Professionals Advisory Council. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.